0: Hey,
1: welcome to the podcast. This is The Surge Effect, and I'm your host, Mike Surge. This podcast will be talking about anything and everything life in general, to current events and past events, and all things about this beautiful and wonderful world that we live in. And this podcast, well, it'll probably have an effect on you. Well, hello there. Welcome to another episode of The Surge Effect. Today we are just going to be talking a little bit of what's in the uh, news again, news cycling. Um, just want to make clear too that, uh, you know, I'm not a journalist, I'm not a reporter. Um, the information I'm giving you is stuff that uh, you can find yourself on the internet um, freely. You can just go and find it anywhere. Uh, there's all kinds of places on the internet you can find information. Uh, of course, people say, oh, I don't believe everything you read, but sometimes uh, video and pictures are worth a thousand words. Um, I know it's important to have information that uh, sometimes you don't get spoon-fed uh, from the mainstream media. Uh, sometimes it's nice to find information somewhere else. Uh, like I said in uh, previous podcasts, if you haven't uh, paid any attention to the uh, House of Commons or watched any of the uh, ongoings in the House of Commons, um, you will uh, not know what's really going on in the world, uh, especially in your own country. Uh, it's important to, uh, to hold the members of Parliament that uh, we vote in hold them to task, uh, they work for us, uh, we don't work for them, and that's the way it works. So the best way to hire and fire these individuals is at the polling stations. Um, I highly recommend getting uh, their email addresses, phone numbers, web pages, and um, and go from there, and then you can obviously, obviously keep in contact with them and, and see what's going on in your in your area. And hopefully they have your best interests at heart, because that's what it's all about. Okay, so moving forward, uh, today we're just going to talk a little bit about uh, the Emergency Act, uh, charter, a little bit of the Charter of rights and freedoms again, um, a little bit about uh, a little bit about democracy, and uh, once again a little bit, um, just a little bit about Trudeau. Anyway, I'm just going to start it off with um, about our Canadians uh, Emergency Act. Okay, it was uh, used to be called the War Act, and then it was changed in 1988. Now, this act has only been used, it's only been implemented four times in the history uh, of Canada. Uh, World War I, World War II, and 1970, and, of course, by Justin just the other day. And um, in 1970, who was the person that actually invoked that war act was none other than his father, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada at the time. Anyway, here's a little clip. Um, Watch away
2: after discussing with cabinet and caucus after consultation with premiers from all provinces and territories after speaking with opposition leaders the federal government has invoked the emergencies act
1: all right so a little bit of background on the uh, uh, canadians uh, emergency act uh emergency act which became law in 88 is a federal law that can be used by the federal government in the event of a national emergency. The act contains specific definitions of a national emergency. That makes it clear how serious a situation needs to be before the act can be relied upon. A national emergency is an urgent, temporary, and critical situation that seriously endangers the health and safety of Canadians, or that seriously threatens the ability of the Canadian government to to preserve the sovereignty security and territorial integrity of canada it must be a situation that cannot be effectively dealt with by the provinces and the territories or by any other law of canada okay so that's basically that in a nutshell and just kind of take a few lines from dan bongino who uh, who i listen to frequently from the states Uh, he's a great uh, great podcaster and um, he has some great, he has some great podcasts that I've listened to over the over the years. And anyway, basically, he was saying the other day, like, um, is there a nuclear bomb that uh, Holocaust that we are unaware of in Canada? Uh, is there some pandemic in Canada that's killing like ninety percent of the population? Uh, are we being invaded by some foreign country crossing into our borders, uh, or is there some cataclysmic event that is occurring that we don't know about? But by listening to some of these counselors from Ottawa, you would think that we are. Go ahead and watch.
2: Our city is under siege. They are terrorizing our residents, torturing them with incessant honking. This group is a threat to our democracy. This is a nationwide insurrection. This is madness.
3: Madness. This is Sparta!
1: Okay, so we have some Canadian truckers in Ottawa who are peacefully protesting for their freedoms, given to them by the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. For that, this government invokes the emergency act previously known as the war act it just seems a bit much when all he has to do is just listen to the protesters and listen to the science or maybe just have a conversation but that just seems like a bit of overkill for this for this particular Canadian as far as I'm concerned of uh, doing what they're doing Um, as far as their charter of rights and freedoms goes Our Canadians, we we have the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, just like the Americans have their constitution. A man by the name of Brian Peckford, he's the last living author of our Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I'll let him explain a little bit to you. Just listen to his words really carefully. Okay, here, watch this.
3: That's why in 1981 we brought in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms which wasn't passed by the Prime Minister, it was passed by nine provinces and the Prime Minister. It's a national document that applies to everyone here today and everyone all over Canada. So understand Except for the creation of the country in 1867, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms is by far the most important document in the history of our country, since we were a country. It is the most important one, because it applies to you and me equally. Every individual on this planet is unique. Like every snowflake is unique, every individual is unique. And therefore, when you get a document which says that I have the, these freedoms and I have these rights. That means every single one of us, from Dafino to Akalivet to Bonavista to the Niagara Peninsula, every Canadian is equal and has equal rights before the law. Section two, section two of the Charter rights and freedoms freedoms. What does it say? It says you have freedom of expression. You have freedom of conscience. You have freedom of religion. You have freedom of expression and you have freedom of the press. What else does it say? It says you have freedom to associate. You you have freedom to assemble. And in section six it says, You have the right to travel anywhere in this nation, anytime. And you even have the freedom to leave this country if you so want. But most importantly for a lot of people who now see this, it also says in section 6, you have the right to pursue a livelihood anywhere in this country.
1: To show you how powerful our Charter of Rights and Freedoms really are, this government paid Omar Qadar $10.5 million because his rights were violated. Now, think of this. This is the story. Omar Qadar, he picked up a weapon and he killed an American medic who was trying to actually help him. He spent 10 years in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. And for that, his Charter of Rights and Freedoms were taken away from him because he was Canadian. $10.5 million was awarded to him because his rights were violated. That's how powerful our Charter of Rights and Freedoms are. So why would the protesters in Ottawa not receive this same treatment? They're exercising their right to peacefully protest, and that's it. They just want to stop the mandates and give Canadians our lives back. But oh, no, no. This government says you will get your lives back when we say so. Has this government turned into a fascist country? So what is the definition of a democracy or definition of fascism? Well, according to the dictionary, I'll just read it out for you. The essential meaning of democracy. It's a form of government in which people choose leaders by voting. A country is ruled by democracy. In a democracy, every citizen should have the right to vote. An organization or situation in which everyone is treated equally and has equal rights. Okay, so the definition of fascism is, it's often capitalized a political philosophy, movement, or regime, such as that of the fascisti. That exalts nation and often race above the individual and stands for a centralized autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader. Severe economic and social regimentation and forcible suppression of opposition. A tendency towards or actual exercise of strong autocratic or dictatorial control. So which one of those is a definition that applies to Canada? right now in this very moment democracy seems to be awakened in this world us Canadians we we've sparked something in this world if you look what's going on in places like Italy Paris Germany and Australia this is going on have a look and angry Tens
2: of thousands of protesters file onto the lawns of Parliament House.
3: Why are you here? I'm a grandmother. I'm here for our children.
2: Marching along Commonwealth Bridge (laughs) to the doorsteps of power, one of the biggest protests the capital has seen in years.
1: Do you guys want to run a country? How about listening to people?
2: The entrance was barricaded. One protester tried to run up the hill but was quickly arrested. (laughs) some police were surrounded, That's others welcomed. <laughs> Weeks of rallies <laughs>
3: So we
0: gathered despite that.
1: A copycat movement of the Canadian blockade, the protesters' demands are varied, from wanting the French government to ease COVID restrictions, to concerns over rising energy prices, to frustration with the government.
3: Of course, I support the convoy, but for me, it's visceral. I'm simply anti Macron.
1: Every
0: country is easing restrictions, so France will have to ease them at some point. The worst is for children. According to police estimates, the convoys are made up of some 3,000 cars coming from
1: across France. In Troy, the cars were gearing up for a final push to the capital. Some even plan to go as far as Brussels for a European convergence on Monday.
0: Many are old hands at such gatherings. They're part of the Yellow Vest movement.
3: Out of fear of
2: public disturbances, the protests have been banned this weekend. Mo-
1: freedom, people, they just want freedom in their lives. They want to be free. Freedom, what a concept. The resilience of Canadians back in 1951. They were fighting in Korea against communism. They were in a little-known battle called the Battle of Cap-Yon. For two days in April 1951, a battle of roughly 700 Canadian troops from the 2nd Battalion, Princess Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry Regiment, they helped defend a crucial hill on the front lines of Korea. They were up against a force of 5,000 Chinese soldiers. They were besieged by waves upon waves of attackers. But the Canadians held their position amid the horror of combat, close quarter combat, until, they, uh, until the assaulted forces had been halted and the Canadians could be relieved. Their determination stand contributed significantly to the defeat of the communist offensive in South Korea that year. Things were so bad that the Canadians called in artillery on their own positions. They dug in foxholes and called in artillery on their own positions, if you could imagine the horror. If that's not intestinal fortitude, I don't know what is. Today, some of that same spirit is alive and well in Canada with our military veterans that are watching and looking after the war memorial in Ottawa. But certain politicians would have you think otherwise. Watch this.
0: The Conservatives, the party opposite, has been doing a lot of talking, and I would pose back to them this very clear question. When the member for Yorkton-Melville said that ripping down barricades in front of the war memorial was an act of patriotic passion this weekend, when their aspirant leader is saying that he...
1: Sometimes things aren't what they seem or what is told even in the House of Commons by elected officials. I didn't see them ripping down the fences at the war memorial. They carried the fence away and placed them in piles. These men served this country. They have honor and duty and integrity. These words mean something to them. They could not... Or would not rip down the fence around this war memorial. Sometimes you ask yourself. Well, I do ask myself sometimes. Why does Trudeau want 100% vaccination in this country? As they said in the house the other day, there's like 90% vaccination in this country. He wants 100% vaccination. Once again, that seems a little overkill as well. But why? Why? Ask yourself why. Here's a little short clip I'd like you to have a look at. You've probably never seen it before, and you may never will. Uh, The old saying goes, follow the money. Watch this clip.
0: And let's do the last one, 15 U.S. Code Section 19, the interlocking directorates. This is one that says that you are not allowed to get companies that actually have competing interests to get together and fix prices. That's racketeering. It's all those nasty things. And guess what we have? We have Pfizer and Moderna and Anthony Fauci, all of them financial interested. We have Justin Trudeau. Oh, Dave, you're not going to be mean to a Canadian. They'll go, hey. Well, yeah, I am. I'm going to be mean to a Canadian because here we go. Justin Trudeau, who actually failed to disclose to any Canadian that the Canadian government gets a kickback for every one of the Pfizer and Moderna shots because Acuitus and Arbutus pharmaceuticals, both out of British Columbia, are. the ones that invented the lipid nanoparticle that is licensed to inject the pathogen into everybody. Canada wins every time there's a shot, which may explain why Justin Trudeau ordered 10 times more vaccines than there are Canadians, including the moose. Why would we need 10 times more doses than the sum total of all of Canada plus the moose? Well, it turns out it's racketeering because if I'm getting a kickback for every dollar I spend, guess what I get to do? I get to pocket a whole lot of money from all over the world, which is exactly what happened. While more and more Canadians are getting
2: vaccinated right now, it's also important to plan ahead for the future. We've reached an agreement with Pfizer for 35 million booster doses for next year and 30 million in the year after. This deal includes options to add 30 million doses in both 2022 and 2023, and an option for 60 million doses in 2024. Pfizer has been a solid partner for Canada in this fight against COVID-19, and we're happy to be one of the first countries to secure an agreement with them going forward. These boosters will be the latest version of the Pfizer vaccine based on research and testing, and they will help us keep the virus under control. And the work doesn't end there either. We're on ongoing discussions with other vaccine manufacturers about their plans for booster shots too.
1: That's quite something when you see someone present it in that, in that fashion and you don't really hear it in the mainstream media because it's not presented in the mainstream media uh, what's actually going, going on behind the scenes. So sometimes when you do follow the money, you realize, okay, so that uh, explains a lot, of, a lot of information that I don't really have. Because um, knowledge is power. It's, it's a power to do the things you want to do in this life. But it also makes you think outside the box and don't think from what that box is throwing at you on a consistent basis every day, bombarding you with, with the same thing over and over and over again. And it's the wrong information. So I suggest you go out and find your own information and learn from your own information and don't always stick to the same narrative that they're always basically feeding you all the time. The mainstream media feeds you a narrative and the old saying goes, if you hear it long enough over and over and over again, it it damn near becomes true. Well, hopefully I've given you some information that uh, you didn't know before and you have a little bit of knowledge and it gives you a little bit of time to think about some of the stuff that I've uh, just talked a little bit about. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell, and uh, you'll be notified when I upload my next podcast, okay? Anyway, that's it for today's podcast, everybody. Uh, thanks a lot for watching, and I'm out. This episode sponsored by He Shirts, She Shirts. Go to www.heshirtssheshirts.ca. Just type in the letters TSA, The Surge Effect. When you check out, Type in TSA for your coupon and receive 10% off your next purchase. Thanks for listening to today's podcast, everybody.